What's up, guys? Welcome to the huddle. We come at you every week to discuss maintaining forward progress in your flooring career. Join me uh, today, as usual, is Daniel and Jose. Jose's on the road, so you get uh, maybe some some window shots of uh, the beautiful Michigan countryside, it looks like. <laughs> and we got Daniel at the home office up there in Michigan. What's going on, fellas? How's it going, brother? Well, um, this week we um, are going to discuss the same topic as we were going to have last week and unfortunately got pulled in multiple different directions and we were not able to um, uh, be on the podcast last week and, and um, we apologize for that. But at the end of the day, you guys, if you're in this audience, know that uh, sometimes things come up in the flooring business and you got to take care of that. So. We, we definitely tried to get on, but we were on a job site uh, going through some training with the guys and some equipment, and it just wasn't in the stars, man. It just, it just couldn't couldn't make everything work. Yeah. I was uh, on a job site as well in beautiful uh, Colorado Springs, and I simply could not pull away. I was actually installing a little bit of bowl lawn last week with some uh, cushion, quiet cushion underlayment, and... Uh, my knees and knuckles hurt for a few days. Uh, back to normal now, though. Normal-ish. Yeah, normal-ish. I got to check myself. I get out on job sites, and sometimes I just can't stand still. And we had a room, room that needed done, and I was like, I can do that room. So I put my skills back to test. Um, it was fun. I got, I got it done. It looks good, but uh, not without its challenges. So this week, we're going to talk about leveling up your business and flooring. Now I'm gonna to touch on in employees and we can kind of talk about that a little bit, but really this is uh, geared to uh, the, ind the independent installer who may work direct with homeowners, may work through a flooring company, through a dealer, um, or you could be a full service flooring provider yourself and be the store. Uh, either way, just kind of want to discuss some of these steps. I've been through many of them. Uh, in fact, all of those. Um, so I know Daniel and Jose both started as installers as well. So uh, guys, you want to just give like the 10 second version of, uh, well, maybe a little more than 10 seconds, but yeah, go, the, go ahead, the, Daniel. the short version of starting in flooring to where you're at now. And I know we've talked about it in the past, but yeah, so I started a long time ago when I was 12 years old and I'm 35 now. So been in it for a minute. Um, and for, for a long time, it was just, you know, a job. And then it wasn't until, uh, you know, he approached me and was like, Hey, I kind of want to do our own thing when we were working for a company. I was like, all right. And then since then, uh, was still almost treating it like a job. And then something had to click to where it's like, man, something's got to change or else we're going to keep on doing the same things over and over again. So, you know, you, we worked for a long time, just me and him. And then finally got to a point to where uh, we started hiring some people. And uh, like we were talking about before we got on here, we hired too many people at one point and 
that that's where I kind of want to say, you know, sometimes leveling up is is scaling back because we we did we essentially cut the workforce in half to be able to have those profit margins where they need to be in order to sustain everything. And we were just running into a bunch of punch lists and and everything. And that's kind of a, a little bit after that is kind of when I started looking at things like what kind of training can be provided or can we provide too so that way people can get to these steps faster um because it was uh actually a meeting with someone that we did a lot of work for um they said you only have so many miles on your knees and i never really looked at it that way before and now that i'm you know 20 something years into the game my hips and my knees have, have taken a beating. So you kind of got to look at the the long-term picture of things like no one is going to want to be on their knees forever. So what are the steps that you're going to take in order to progress to that next level? And for us, that was uh, getting into to sales um, here at Preferred Flooring. And that only, this is like year number four, I think. So we've been pretty, pretty slow going for a few years and it's finally starting to pick up. Um, we, we both say that we're not salesmen. You probably say the same thing about yourself, but anyone who owns a business is a salesman every single day. I've embraced it the last few years. I, I used to be like, I'm no salesman, you know, like that was a scummy side I think it's because if you get around enough installers talking about salesmen, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna have a bad uh, taste in their mouth a bit. But you're right. I mean, you're if you're in if you own your own company, you're a salesman. You're a salesman of yourself, of your service, of your employees. Yep. I mean, it's it, even if you're not selling a piece of flooring at that moment, you're selling your your reputation and your your ability. You're selling yourself, to, right? It's yeah. It's uh, we and we relate a lot to sports teams, and that's what they say in sports teams. You know, you're not just representing yourself anymore; you're representing your organization, and you have to kind of play the part anytime you're in the eye of anyone, really. So, um, being professional, dressing the part, knowing what you can say to some people and what you can't say to other people—that's huge in in anyone's growth. Definitely takes practice. I can tell you that. Yeah. I mean, so you guys, Daniel, when you started, were you an employee early on? Yep. And then and you, you, you guys transitioned to sub and then full service. It sounds like sales of flooring yep. materials. So I think the other way around, we started out as a 1099 and then we transitioned to employee. Well, still, it was still employee, 1099 employee, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, you guys got caught up in that mix a bit. I remember you saying previously. Yeah, yeah, we did. Well, it was, uh, we took our lumps. Yeah, I, I, I have a similar uh, background. I, I started when I was nineteen, right out of right back when I got back from the army, and then um, installed by the hour. I was a helper. Uh, I went through all the hazing and everything that's you know, kind of prominent and flooring for some reason, uh, you know, not like military hazing, but, you know, go get me the tile stretcher kind of thing. And um, a, a few years later, I started subcontracting and, and doing some sub work. Um, 
on the side, uh, got my insurance and things. And then about three or four years later, uh, after starting, um, me and another guy went and started our own flooring company and we took a bunch of lumps. Um, so I just, the purpose of this is we both have a lot of experience running through the, the cycles. So I thought we'd maybe try to save somebody who's gonna, who has aspirations of doing something similar, some of the pain. Uh, so to start with, you got employees uh, and if you're an employee, you can always, you know, always increasing your skill, whether your company provides that training or not, look around, uh, find the trainings. Uh, you can go to Go Carrera's website and find trainings in your, you know, all the trainings for any of the disciplines. But, um, you know, invest in yourself. We say that a lot because we believe in it. I think all three of us believe in that greatly. So yes, you, you can you can be an employee and move into, say, a crew leader or a installation manager or maybe even be a trainer for your for your company. What we're really talking about leveling up is your business. So this is really geared towards the business owner. Uh, and if you're an installer and you're you're 1099 or you're working direct with a builder or something, you're a company <laughs> and uh, you got to yeah. treat yourself as such. So some of the pitfalls and I'll have you guys chime in as well here, but I got it written up on my board. So I'm going to look up here a few times, but uh, as a sub, you maybe start with smaller projects and want to move to bigger projects or a bigger crew um, and managing. Uh, there's a lot of uh, installers who have started very large in installation houses. Any of those are uh, ways that you can level up, but I would throw a couple of cautionary points in. A, bigger projects do not mean bigger profits. And yes. B, um, bigger crews do not equal bigger profits. Now, sometimes, and I, I'd love your guys' opinion on this, but sometimes you have to lose profit to get off your knees. When I first started hiring people, we de our profits definitely hurt, but it was the only way for me to start to get off of my knees and start to yeah. get in. It still took three to took four or five years for that to happen. Um, so what I mean, what's your guys? That's a, I think that, that's, that's what we kind of talked touched on that right. The whole uh, the seventy percent thing when. Uh, you're never going to find anyone to replace yourself. Right. So you have to find someone that can do it at least 70% of what you do. Yeah. They're 100% you find, is their 70%. Yeah. You, you know, and that 70% and then you find another person. So now you're actually at 140%, but you know, that's the only way you're going to be able to, to level up, so to speak. Right. That's what we're talking about. And, uh, yeah. and you do, you see a hit on the profits and you know, how long that lasts is ultimately how much work you're, you're going to put in. Right. Um, yeah, and how well they perform. so what was the, uh, so it was uh, sorry about that bump there guys, but the, a few years ago, we got involved with our local chamber and the gentleman said it best. Um, and it, it mixes in with a lot of other conversations where at some point you got to stop working in your business and start working on your business. Right. Because as long as you're working in your business, you own a job, you don't have a career. So that's uh, that right there kind of resonated, hit home. And 
Well, you may have a career, but you're you're not a business owner. You you own right. your job. You don't own a business at that point. Yeah, you and own right. your job. You own your business, right? You're right about the career. Yeah, but yeah, you own, you own a job, not a business, and that was like, man, I just never really thought about it like that. And why haven't I? Why hasn't that crossed my mind? Yeah, and and sometimes um, when you're talking about bigger projects uh, or bigger crews. I shouldn't say sometimes this always really boils down to hiring and having good hiring practices. Um, a lot of times when you're hiring new employees to maybe do some of the stuff that you did, you're looking for them to do exactly the way you did it. So a good training process, uh, you spoke of that earlier, Daniel, you know, what can you provide in training that can get somebody up to speed? I love your guys' take. I hadn't thought about that, about, you know, someone's 100% is your 70%. That seems pretty true because at the end of the day, um, I'll give you an example. We have a guy that's worked for us for 15 years um, as a project manager who has moved on. And he was bought in as, as much as anybody could be to a company. But, you know, now that he's elsewhere, like, he, he doesn't have the stress and everything that goes along with it. Like you can always find another job. So employees always have a way out. If you are a business owner, a lot of times you've kind of pushed all your chips into the middle and yeah. playing all your cards. And so you don't have the opportunity to just quit. You're, you have to keep having that persistence and driving forward. So before you go start your company, I would say the number one trait you need to make sure you have is persistence and a high level of uh, tolerance to stress from financial situations. It's going to happen. And so you might as well be prepared for it. That's one thing that I, I know that I was not prepared for whatsoever was uh, not being paid or, or not, or, and we've had other podcasts about how to get paid. And we've, we've given, in my opinion, really good advice there, but it's still part of my past. And still part of that financial stress was just not getting paid. And I don't know, do you guys have any comments on that? It, it's, it's a piece yeah, it's that a, I prepared for. Because what, what people think is that the, the money just, just keeps on piling up, right? But you're doing this the entire time. Yeah. And it's like when it, when it starts getting down there, you're like, man, what is, what is going on here? And yeah, we, we, Daniel, Daniel, um, has approached me numerous times to where we've had to adjust our personal pay, right? Like, like we, we're, we're at a salary um, and, and we're very modest salary, right? Cause we don't need anything more than what we have. And uh, he's like, Hey dude, in order for us to get here in the next six months, we're going to have to cut our own pay. So that way we can afford this equipment. So that way we can afford this van uh, or these tools or so we can afford to do this for the crews. And you know, it, it sucks. It sucks, so that's but, sacrifice. You, know, it, you better be willing to sacrifice. It sounds sacrifice a hundred percent, man. Um, you know, when, when we decided to do our first level up and start preferred flooring, man, we barely had food or money for food for the house. We barely had gas money for the jobs, but we, we didn't, we had enough to pay our rent. We had enough to pay our utilities. And we also had a great support group and a phone like, Hey, uh, Hey sis, what are you guys doing? Oh, what are you cooking today? <laughs> you know, so we go over there and, and we go over there and have dinner or they'd come over and cook for us or something like that. They, 
they seen what we were trying to do before we knew what we were trying to do, but that was our first steps of leveling up and, and the first experience of sacrifice. Um, you find out what you don't need um, to, to move forward. Well, that brings up another, I mean, if you were to redo it or I was to redo it, I would be looking at, do I have the cash or the access to capital to where I can cover my bills and, and still have the access to, to grow the company. Um, you know, I start, when I started, I started with a, a salary and I stuck with that $600 a week salary for five years before I ever gave myself a raise. And the purpose of that was to build up as much cash as possible and yes. then be able to go to the bank and get a line of credit. That didn't work. <laughs> no, it didn't work had, for us either. I had some cash. I thought we were ready. We had gotten some bigger projects that we needed capital to to roll with, and we ended up factoring our invoices. I yeah, mean, we um, I, we I did didn't have another thing. way to get capital. We uh, we had to give, we had to show two years of history before we could even apply for our first credit card. But I think Daniel, I think we did we did get a break from one of the local uh, uh, financial establishments close to the two year mark because we were not sitting in a, in a good spot, right? Like we needed to buy equipment, we needed to buy stuff, and uh, uh, same thing that salary. But what Daniel doesn't tell you is that our first year, our first full year of uh, preferred flooring, is I think we both had less than seven days off of work that year. Um, and some of it, Daniel's days off were because he had his first, his first kid, his oldest. And that dude took like two days off, maybe two days off and came right back to work. But again, sacrifice, sacrifice huge, yeah. man. <clears throat> yeah. And I have, when you're going to do what you guys did, which is go to full service and start selling the materials and the labor and providing the whole experience for your client, when you start doing that, it becomes overhead heavy uh, reliance on software and technology and equipment, which all cost money. Um, and I think that even if you embrace those things, which we do, and you got, I know you guys do, you buy equipment, you are technology uh, forward and software forward. So you guys have that DNA, but it, it costs a lot of money to do all that. Um, so you have overhead. Now you have a building and you got light bills and utility bills and a building to pay for. So when you have all that, before you take that step, anybody in the audience, you got to think about this. And I, I know it seems elementary, but it's, it, it's, it's really um, mind-blowing how often people don't forecast out at least one year and make sure that you're making a good decision from the long term. Um, I did not. <laughs> I jumped in. I thought I'll, I'll just figure it out. That's just kind of my personality. And um, I did, but not without the sacrifice and the headaches that went along with yeah, all the that. Lumps. Yeah. yeah I, I think uh, so. So, uh, you know, if you haven't noticed, like I, I'm the visionary portion of the Daniel uh, and Jose team, right? Like I always see all the positives that could happen, right? I don't necessarily take into consideration um, the, the financial implications sometimes that could happen. 
but that's where Daniel comes in. Daniel's a real black and white, real by the book. You know, he's going to read some numbers. He's going to crunch some numbers. He's going to make sense. Uh, it, a lot of what we've built um, has been on chance, which sucks to say, but I, there are some things that you cannot do if, if, you, if you don't start to level up and see that if you don't have certain amount of vehicles, a certain type of vehicle, certain equipment, um, if you don't invest in the right things, then you cannot be prepared for that next level. Um, you're not doing yourselves any favors, but you don't want to jump to the next four. You're, you're not, that's, that's too that's, much. That's, too that's much. the key. Like, I mean, you, you can't, you can't do it without risk. Um, right. And, and, you know, if you're there enough, you're going to get lucky, or at least it's going to seem like it's lucky to other people, but really it's just where your hard work meets opportunity seems like luck, but it's not luck. It's the fact that you've been working long enough that then when the opportunity comes, you meet them right at the right spot. And that's more synergy in my opinion than luck. It appears like luck because all of a sudden you're getting good work and you're starting, things are starting to roll. Um, that happened year seven, eight for us, where it really started, our machines started clicking. And then we have improved over the years from that. But, um, you know, I, I think that the risk that you are going to take uh, when you provide materials and labor, so when you're full service, it seems like a rosy you know, garden, but in reality, there's a lot of thorns in there and you just have to be aware of it. I'm not discouraging anybody from doing it. By all means, if you understand it, jump in. Uh, you can build a good business in flooring by doing so, but you just got to know that there's going to be some hard knocks. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you got two companies sitting here telling you that our processes weren't perfect early on and some of the stuff that you can do to take away at least some of the lumps you won't there's no perfect solution here but is to be prepared i mean having access to capital having either cash or access to capital um, is key when you start doing work with uh say general contractors or uh you know property managers where it's going to take you 60 days to get paid. I mean, you still got to pay your bills. Uh, your vendors still want paid in 30 days. If I'm, yep. if I'm guessing, <laughs> you know, yeah. everybody does. And the installers too, it's like, uh, it's hard, it's hard to leave people hanging when you know you've been in that position before. And yeah, labor pays in a lot of places. And we just know too many other, you know, guys out there that will, have people come work for them and then just not pay them. And then we, we made it a point to not be like that too. That's like, yeah, the industry needs to get rid of those guys. Yeah. Like yeah. somehow uh, I, there's such a low barrier of entry to be a flooring contractor or flooring company. Um, somehow the, the, the people who do not honor the guys that are actually doing the work, that's got to, that's got to quit. I know as Go Carrera going around talking to a bunch of other flooring companies, uh, we've we've gotten this uh, feeling that you know some of them almost believe they own their subs, and mm. or their even their employees they don't treat that well. I I really 
believe that the people who treat their subs and their installers, uh, in-house installers or employee installers correctly in this, you know, looming downturn, maybe it won't come. I don't know, but uh, it appears that it's going to come. Um, those are the companies that are going to continue to do well, even through the, the downturn. In 2008, that cycle, we grew the next two years, 20% the first year 30 percent the next year so that was i felt a testament that we didn't lose any of our talent uh we were able to get the work and we had built a reputation to be able to perform by that time and so we were selected a lot of times when other companies were really faltering at that point so you know preparing yourself right and having a good reputation like you guys do um but that really boils down to in my opinion, kind of setting yourself up for success. So what are your guys' key points? If somebody's wanting to do what you guys have done, what are the key points of setting yourself up for success? Start building your credit score early on because yeah. it matters. Um, and might I add, uh, watch your company credit scores? Um, that, that's what I was going to say too. You know, the d and b number make sure you're, you're getting all this stuff set up so that way by the time you actually need something you have history in there already even if you haven't gotten loans and stuff through the business but at least you're in the system and they can look you up and be like oh they've been in business for you know three years already yeah and, and it, yeah, it, it, it makes it, things it, way easier and if and you that's got vendors uh that's a great point daniel <laughs> If, if you have vendors, get them to report the, your, your good pay uh, early on, and hopefully by the time you get to the point where you need capital, you've built up a good credit reputation. So yeah, it, it, was a, it was amazing about the, the credit score thing. Like we figured after X amount of years, we can use the business, but the business had no credit. So they had to go off of our personal, you know, cause uh, we were owners. So they used the personal until the business started rolling in their own, its own credit. And, and now. That's it, another great it, point. Different, different That's story. another great point. Be prepared to personally guarantee a lot of stuff, which means you're putting your own personal assets, like your home and things like that at risk. Uh, yeah. A lot of times when you sign early on to credits, uh, lines of credit with your vendors um, or a bank, they want, certainly your bank's going to want a personal guarantee anyway, but uh, vendors sometimes do. We had contractors that made me sign personal guarantees early on uh, to personally guarantee their project would be completed and that, you know, my personal assets would be at risk. Um, in completing that project. So yeah, that's another, you guys coming up with some good stuff. Yeah. yeah those are nobody nobody point. looks at it like that, but th those are the, the behind the scenes uh, sacrifices that, that have to be made. Um, you know, and you, when, when your brother puts uh, something on the line, that's his, that will affect his family. Uh, yeah. You're, you're not putting yourself in a position to fail. You're going to do anything you can to make sure that uh, you are successful to make sure that that debt is paid and, and satisfied. And it's a rough, it's a rough uh, reality, but it, it is a reality until you have that, uh, that cash flow to, to do as, as you wish. If you can do everything out of pocket and more power to you, but starting out, um, 
starting out with nothing and no investors and, and all by yourself. Yeah, you're definitely uh, uh, going to go. Yeah, most, of us don't, most of us don't start out with a pile of cash or a bunch of investors in flooring. I right. mean, you know, we're, we're usually installers taking over a boss's business or we're going out and starting our own. That's that's most of the the you know generation you know or you're a generational I should say um, meaning you're taking over your dad's company or something like that but yeah that's some good points so we have credit score which I didn't bring up which is obviously very important you got the fact that you're personally guaranteeing uh, a lot of the work and your credit lines what else do you guys got taxes. <laughs> Yeah. Don't don't slip on your taxes. We, we can talk uh, about that every single episode, I think. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's because it's I would almost bet that that's I mean, if I if we were placing bets, I think we'd all three bet that one of the biggest plagues for your average installer, the guy that subcontracts out of shops, their biggest dependent their one of their biggest shortfalls is paying their taxes on time. You know, right. and I will, I will, I will add this to the to the conversation. Is uh, man, we didn't start out this way right away, but you know, we started as a DBA. But if at all possible, and you're just starting out, you're whatever three days, six months, a year in, or you're still a DBA after six years, do yourself a favor and at least go become an LLC to to do that. There, you know, it seems like a little bit of a headache, but man, it, the re, the reward of doing that and classifying yourself differently will, will pay for itself, man. It just, just don't, don't wait too long to do that. Do that earlier um, and sooner than, than later for sure. Well, and to build on that just a little bit, um, you know, you're in a, in effect personally guaranteeing everything when you're a DBA anyway. So yeah. you want to give yourself some level of a corporate veil to protect your protect your personal assets from your company's activities. Um, so I believe greatly in starting a company, starting a S corp. Uh, the most common is an S corp or an LLC. Get with your tax attorney and your attorney. I'm not a professional attorney. So I don't want to give you advice there, but those are the two most common entities. And uh, there, there's a lot of tax advantages to that as well as the protection it provides. But even after that, say you started a corporation, an S corp, and you're a business, a lot of times that's, they still want you to, you know, your, your credit providers still want you to personally guarantee because your yeah. corporation doesn't have the back yet to 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 back all that that capital so you just got to be prepared for that or have investors or have some money uh set aside to be able to cash flow it for a while until you build up your credit but those yeah. are some pitfalls for sure and then one thing too is um uh, the your your history right so you can put out your your charts for the previous year so that way people can see your growth and they can see your, your ups and your downs. Uh, Daniel started doing that a while ago. And, um, you know, I didn't uh, understand what he was doing until people started asking for it. Uh, you know, we need to have two years of history, show us where you're at, where your growth was. And it's nice to see um, in a snapshot, your ups and your downs and see, you can 
create your own rhythms there, you'll know when you're slow, you'll know when you're busy, you'll know how to prepare for uh, the next year. You're creating a- you know when you have to when you have to make your money and save it because that dip is coming and it's- Yeah. I want to yeah, say that, it's almost like clockwork, but you know, they surprise you sometimes. Yeah, and that's a piece where, again, it goes into having the software or some technology to help you out there. Um, a lot of accounting softwares can do that month by month graphing. Ours does, which will show you your revenues versus cost over month over month and yeah. compare years and all that stuff. Uh, but you got to be prepared for that. What I would say is don't wait until your year five or six, like I did, to start getting that stuff in line. I it would have helped a ton. I I. I didn't have anything like this when I first started. I wish I did. Uh, but at, I, that's why we're here is try to help somebody. Uh, if it helps one person avoid a few of the problems and become more successful, we've accomplished our goal. Right. Yeah. yeah. And software is huge. You, you don't really think about it because you think I'm just going to collect a shoebox of receipts, but that gives you no information on how you're actually doing. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't track any spending, any labor, any material. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different things. You'll get the more deeper you go, the more information you'll gather, and it gets easier and easier. I'm not a technology guy. Da that's Daniel, but Daniel pretty much locked me in a room with a computer and said, "Learn." And yeah, I didn't <laughs> have a choice. Well, I mean, one pretty simple way is keeping track of your monthly sales and expenses. If you keep track of those, putting them in a Excel spreadsheet, and you can run some pretty simple formulas to, to even be able to look at it like that. That's really low level, easy uh, way to do it. But if if you start there, that's still better than doing nothing. We didn't know if we, frankly, we didn't know till the end of the year if we were making money or not for a long time, and and had no idea if we would make money in a given year. Um, that's complicated as it is but if you're not tracking anything it it becomes even more you know complicated and there's just no way for you to know so tracking your your revenue and expenses and having a a percentage there that you're comfortable with and that changes by company and by by your cost of your building and everything else um but yeah it's it's one of those things that i uh i certainly did not do would have helped a lot. And, and a lot of guys, you know, that, that I talk to, they say, you know, I need to learn how to use it. And then they just never do. And the biggest thing with everything that we're talking about right now with the software and, you know, um, the equipment and everything, it's, you got to stop telling yourself that you can't afford to do it. Right. I'm too busy to do this. I'm too busy to do that. And it's, I can't afford not to do it because if I don't start doing this stuff, if you don't start doing this stuff, you're just going to stay where you're at the entire time there there's you know there's no paper trail to keep track of everything that's coming in and going out so like you said you know at the end of the year you're like hmm i wonder what i made now <laughs> this is my well, technology yeah. ability here look a couple of weeks ago i didn't even know how to do that you got, it. In space. You got it nailed <laughs> <laughs> well to to polish it off i would um i would say that take as much effort and concern that you probably have with creating your logo and place some of that effort 
and concern into setting your business up correctly um, and giving yourself the best shot. Talk to some people, call any of us, send us an email. Um, if you have questions on that stuff that we can help out with, but hiring practices, it's important to have a good interview process and make sure you're hiring good people that match your company's core values. Then, you know, even then, like you guys said, you might only get 70% of yourself. But the point is, is are you trying to grow a company? And some people want to own their jobs and there's nothing wrong with that. You can make a hell of a good living doing that. But just what are your goals? Identify that first when we talk mm -hmm. about leveling up and then maybe take some of the advice that you've heard on this uh, podcast here at the huddle and um, apply some of it. Uh, apply what is applicable to your goals. But uh, I, I think the two pieces you can't get away from is the credit score and the personal guarantee. I think those two you guys brought up is yeah. super uh, important for everybody to be aware of. That and uh, the way that they do commercial loans is way different than the way that they do uh, the loans that you've been used to. So if you haven't gone through that process yet, just know that uh, the payback is not over years sometimes. They want that money back as soon as they can get it. Yeah, you're not getting a 30-year loan on your, your money like you would on a house. No, so. they want their money. Well, gentlemen, thanks again for joining this week. Uh, I, I A lot of good stuff came up I wasn't even yeah. anticipating. So thanks for your input. I hope it helped anybody. Do we have any questions that have come across um, before we shut this down? Let me look here. So I do know that Danny Sherman is saying hi. Dirk O'Brien is saying hi. What's up, fellas? Uh, Aaron Rohr. Dirk is one of my brother's friends saying that he's a good looking man. So <laughs> what you will. Uh, Jorge from San Antonio is saying hi and that credit scores are very important. Um, Randall Myring is actually uh, one of the construction companies that we work for over here. It's a great guy. He says he's loving the podcast and as a construction manager, he loves hearing, you know, the business discussion on how other people are kind of going through the same, same things that yeah. he's I wouldn't, not wouldn't just, mind not just like joining it. It's not just specific to the flooring industry, right? This is business. So it's, it's kind of all over the board. Yeah. It's a big veil. It covers a lot of business um, with a tweak towards flooring, but for sure. And uh, Jorge did say that there's apps for independent installers like ProBooks. So that's something that you can uh, start with if you if you don't have anything. And I mean, look at some of the free stuff that they have out right now just to kind of familiarize yourself with it before you actually start doing anything. That way, one, you're not paying for anything. And two, when you do have to upgrade to something, at least you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You, you yeah, get a better good. idea of what you're doing. It's a good point. Use the software that'll let you use it for and get some experience with it. And uh, so a question looks like came in. Uh, I get leads from a lead service provider and work direct with homeowners, <clears throat> but spend a lot of time chasing leads, not pan out, making it hard to level up in any way. Uh, I would say I would uh, assume this is like using Home Advisor or Angie or something like that and chasing a lot of leads which means you're 
you're competing with a lot of people that may or may not have the same qualifications you do. Um, you know, we used some of that early on. We didn't find it valuable for our company, so we ceased using same. it. Same. Um, the main reason was I've invested a lot of money and time in providing a, a high service and to get undercut by somebody that just is not providing the same stuff is, uh, and it's hard to convince a homeowner uh, that, that, that I'm the right person. We don't do uh, much residential anymore, but we used to. Um, and trying to convince a homeowner that I'm the better bet at $2,000 higher, uh, and this is why, usually fell on deaf ears because the other guy would yeah. say, well, you know, I'm cheaper because I have less overhead or whatever the situation. We just didn't find it valuable. So what I would say to you um, is if you can, and this is just an idea, if you can document what type of leads are panning out for you and what type are not from an aspect of what the homeowner is asking for, if you can graph that or if there's a way to uh, look at uh, for example, if you're really successful on bathroom remodels, but you're not so successful on a, um, and maybe you just do flooring or you do uh, multiple other things, but if it, let's assume it's just flooring. Um, if you're not so competitive on one given type, but you're, you seem to be more competitive in hardwood, then kind of double down on the part that you're being successful on and, and lead the others for the other guys. Um, you guys have any input on that? What we started doing was uh, pre-qualifying, right? So you have a series of questions that you you kind of ask, and then you kind of give a roundabout budget number, and then it's going to go one of two ways. Ooh, that's never mind. Like, why are you yeah. so high? Or that sounds fine. When can you get here? Gotcha. So, <clears throat> great advice. It, it just sucks so for the guys that are paying for those leads, anyways, because they're paying for them whether or not well, it, it's great for the through. company it's right. great for the, the home advisor and angie or whoever i and i don't know what specific lead service they're talking about but it's great for them because they're getting paid from multiple crews for the same lead multiple times so it's great business model for them to make money yeah. but I, I don't from my experience they don't qualify the leads very well so that's great advice daniel you're going to that's probably the best advice. Qualify the lead, come up with, um, you know, a list of questions and maybe Daniel, uh, we can, we can put that in a, a blog post or something and, and see what you, what kind of questions you guys have asked that really, uh, starts to qualify that lead. Uh, but you said, you know, kind of a budgetary price, asking some questions, yeah maybe timelines, that kind of thing, and, and pre-qualify that lead before you drive out, waste your gas and time. And I think yeah. one of the biggest questions that I, I don't know if you, Jose's been asking it lately, but it's, you know, who else are you guys getting numbers from? And we know yeah, that I have. They, that's, that's a big question. They say, you know, one of five companies, I'm not even going to bother with this. You know, I don't, I don't, if you're going to, you're going to see that number and you're going to be like, all right, we're going to go with them, but we know what you're going to get. So just kindly, hey, we're we can't handle that right now, or I don't I don't even know what he says. At that that is that is that is one of the questions that I have listed is, what other companies are you um, asking to to estimate this project or to bid this project? Um, you know when and 
that's mostly geared towards like the residential aspect, right? Because consumers are, are a lot smarter now than they were 10 years ago. They're going to shop around. They're going to do a lot of their own research and they're going to ask multiple companies to come in. Um, they want you to cat fight for their business. And, um, you know, I'm willing to earn someone's business to an extent, but not, not at the cost of my time because my time is very valuable as well. I have 20 other things that I could be working on that are for sure things. So what do you say um, to a business? What do you say to somebody who says, oh, you're, you're not willing to, you know, have competition. Is that the thing? What do you say to that? No, it's not that I'm not willing to have competition. It's just that I know that the, the name list that we'll be going against is I offer more value and a more personal experience than what they offer. Um, and what, what I do is, believe it or not, this is, I'm not, I say this and, and I mean it wholeheartedly is I'm not a salesman. My job is to find what's going to perform best for you and your family and your home long-term because I don't want to come back in two years and redo something. I don't want to come back in three months and fix something. I want to make sure that I'm giving you the best product and install for your dollar that you can possibly have for the use. Um, I'm not trying to upsell them. I'm not trying to, this is, I make the best margin on this material right here. You know, I, I'm not doing that. This is the hot item this month. No, I, it's, it's, it's a custom, it's a custom order from, from start to finish from our end. Um, and you know, it's, so it basically you tell them straight out that look, the, the difference is we're going to look at your use case and make sure you have the right product for your house or for your home or it yeah, could or your be business. a small commercial, you know, a TI finished thing with the dentist or something. What's going to work best for your facility? Yep. We want it. We want it to perform. They have expectations and um, so do we. And we yeah. like to deliver. Well, this question has a, a lot of different ways you could go with it. So I hope we kind of uh, addressed it, but I'd say your, your guys' uh, input on pre-qualifying that lead before you go out and start measuring and spending a bunch of time and effort and producing a quote just to find out you really had no chance anyway. So I guess the, the whole purpose of pre-qualifying is to confirm that you at least have a chance in being successful on that job. Right. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's going to thing. One more yeah. thing before we go. Uh, definitely, like we're it's leveling up, right? So it's about that time to, or whenever whenever you get there, make sure you get a website. It doesn't even need to be a super fancy one. Like ours isn't super fancy or anything. It's just a way that way everyone is on their phones, right? Be part of that social media presence. Have a website link everything together so that way when you know someone searches for something your name pops up yeah and they want to see proof they want to see things you've done good good insight too for sure i i started with a website i don't know if i did it right but i almost started out of the gate with the website um back when they were not uh easy to build but I, I scraped enough money together to have somebody build one for me way back when we first started. Um, the, I, I think that's very valuable because the world is more digital than ever and people don't go to your storefront. What's more important in, you know, not to check you out, right. To, to see what kind of company you are or whatever they are searching you online to find out. So that's great advice too. 
Yeah, and they, guys, they don't cost. They don't cost much either. I mean, you can get a website for a couple hundred dollars a year. Yeah, and they don't. You can you can build it yourself these days. Yeah. There's plenty of different ways to do it. Or, you know, a website used to cost ten thousand. You can get a website done. Somebody can put it together for you for a thousand bucks. And then if you know you can go up from there, obviously. But um, yeah, that's that's great advice, guys. You you rock this uh, whole huddle. Uh, I appreciate all that. Sorry insights and we're trying and we're trying to learn from you and listen from you, or listen to you and learn from you and it didn't, didn't work out did it no well it's great i learned some stuff and i hope our audience did too and um just want to say thank you guys we truly appreciate i'm sure i i uh, speak for daniel and jose as well that we we appreciate you guys coming on and and participating in the in the uh, huddle here our podcast and um we encourage you to join every week uh, we have about a 90, 95% hit rate as far as being on here every Tuesday, um, out of 14 or whatever it's been 12 to 14, we've only missed a couple. So, uh, hopefully you guys keep coming, um, post your comments. I mean, get involved. We'd love to get this out. We know that some industry people yeah. are watching, and uh, we've had uh, conversations with uh, some people in the industry. So we can create change if we band together. So we encourage you guys yeah. to join us uh, and let's have some good discussions. We do have some uh, guests coming up. We've invited some people. Um, and I know that you guys just mentioned that uh, your uh, one of your clients would be great to join as well. So we'll bring them on as and and. Let's have some good conversation and we will see you guys next week. Until yeah. next time. See you guys. All right. Thanks, guys.